Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Search Engine Journal Show. I am your host, Brent Satoris, and today we are joined by Joe Martinez, Director of Client Strategy at Clicks Marketing, and also a world-renowned expert when it comes to video and YouTube ads. Today we're gonna be talking about the value of video and marketing. We're gonna talk about the approach to ads on YouTube, and also a number of different features and strategies to help you have success with video as a whole. Enjoy the show. Hey, Joe, great to have you on the show. Hey, it's wonderful being here, Brent. Thank you. Yeah, this is uh, one of those interesting topics uh, that I don't think we've really talked about on the show, but it's something I'm super passionate about. And as I was talking to more and more people about maybe doing a show about video so that the listeners know what I'm talking about before I get to the end, um, everybody mentioned Joe. They said, you got to talk to Joe Martinez. You got to talk to Joe Martinez. And so here we are um, talking about video. And I am really, really excited about video. I really feel video is the future. But I wanted to toss it to you and say, what do you think about the value of video in marketing today? It has a lot bigger impact than people realize. You know, and it's the, the part I run into a lot that gets the pushback from clients or other marketers is that, they're not seeing the same results as with search. And to me, that's that's the biggest red flag of that statement right there is they're trying to compare video with search. And the intent is totally different. You know, people aren't going to Google, you know, specifically with my video ads. I'm getting in front of those users in a more awareness factor. And that is the value of either staying on top of people's minds or just making them fall in love with my brand. I could do good branding marketing instead of just slapping a keyword on and hoping that grabs their attention and driving them. So it's the, the value there. It's still, to me, it's kind of mind boggling because video has always been there with from pretty much the dawn of TV. It's just capturing that user's attention and that's the value. And with analytics and hardcore data, we've kind of lost that fact where everyone's just looking straight at Excel sheets and data and not missing the bigger picture of branding. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, marketing just as a whole, I think that in some ways, you know, digital marketing, search marketing, and even specifically PPC was a beautiful thing for us. It, it advanced our capability of, of being marketers substantially, but it also in, in some ways really hurt us because even with social media, even with content creation, even with most um, campaigns online today, people really don't want to look past like the shortcuts, right? It's all, how does it affect my SEO? How do I drive traffic? to my website. I, I think that one thing people are going to really learn over the next year or two is that that is substantially shifting regardless, right? We are just moving away from a website as the end all. We are using all channels as they're supposed to be used, you know, identifying the audience and how they are using them and then connecting in a meaningful way and using those a, mm -hmm. as a marketing tactic. But even beyond, I think Marketers have to start paying attention and should have always been paying attention to the power of storytelling. And storytelling, if you look at what you know, social platforms have blown up, what types of, of media, what types of things have really exploded, um, you know, and, and which influencers are really, you know, kind of taking off, it all comes back to video. And I think that you have to respect the fact that, you know, video is a major part of our current and future storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I write. I'm a blogger. I you know I do probably a couple blogs per month at least just to get content out there. But you know, for the for the most part, I, I look at myself personally, and it hurts as I say as a writer. It's I I don't really know if I read a lot of blogs anymore because I could just go and find the video of it of some, like a demo or exactly what I'm looking for, and it's going to visually show me 
And it's, to me, it's much more engaging. I would rather watch a video of what I want to see than read it. Is well, it because are we the lazy Internet marketer? Possibly. But it, to me, it's like when I could I'm, I've always been more of a visual person. If I see something, same thing with how I got into this industry. I've been more of a hands on. Let me do it. Visual person than reading a set of instructions and figuring out how to do it on my own. Well, that should make sense to most marketers. I mean, well, it should, right? Because if you look at search results, we're not looking at 30 search results anymore. The whole point is that we've gotten really good at being able to, you know, showcase within paid and within SEO, the top five results right off the bat, right? And so the same thing with video. Video has gotten really good at packaging material to be quick and easy and and fast and and effective. Um, We saw it first with like the little gifts that would be the news write-ups, right? The little, you know, you know, news recaps or story recaps that you'd see on like the now or whatever you know i forget the name of all the the companies but um so one of the things i wanted to talk you know kind of you know toss at you and get kind of your feedback on is this one concept i have and so i saw this really with social media when it's first starting that smartphones gave us this kind of layer this layer of technology on life Right. And, and at first I thought it was like, you know, a lot of people thought it was kind of gimmicky or it was going to you know be a trend. But we really saw that become a major part of our life and our major part of transition. But more importantly, it really allowed us to communicate with friends and family through like FaceTime and through images and through updates that ultimately would satisfy our our need for connection. Right. I mean, I think Mark Zuckerberg at one point when he first launched Facebook said, you know, I want Facebook to replace the Christmas card. Right. To, so that people don't need to wait for some moment to be up to date with what's going on. And I think that interaction with people that psychologically kind of set us up for accepting, you know, influencers and other people, people that we might not know. Like I meet people all the time in the industry who I've never met, but yet I have a relationship with now. And I would even call them as friends because I accept that form of communication um, through social media. And I think that, you know, the platforms really allowed influencers an opportunity, like regular everyday people to build a large audience. And these people aren't like celebrities where celebrities were more of like an admiration thing. Influencers today are more like a respect thing. Like I actually respect this person or I agree with their views or I I want to know them like a friend, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that that allows allowed this kind of growth of influencers that now through video, and this is where it ties back to video, we see their micro expressions, we see their everyday lives, we glimpse into their life, and it makes us feel the same as if we were talking or interacting with a family member. And I think that that has really set us up to take influencers recommendations or influencers opinions um, at the same level we would like a friend or a family member, which you know, historically has been one of the most powerful, you know, forms of recommendation in marketing. And I wanted to get your thought. Do you see that kind of shift happening or am I just completely crazy? Yeah, no, yeah, there's definitely that realm and whether it's on social or even, you know, YouTube stars or Instagram stars, that whole type of thing. I think it's, it's, it's definitely easier for someone to have that influence now. Uh, And just for the fact of, you don't have to go out and be a speaker or be on TV or, you know, be any any sort of main major media star you could as you could see from a lot of these influencers videos you could do this from your own bedroom and 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 if that kind of kind of ties into being relatable to your target audience even from how you can see like the video game industry blow up that's it's you could pretty much people can be celebrities now from a chair within their house so and but it's it's all within topics and it's not just anything like just movies and just sports you can 
find a genre and these little niche genres of these subcultures. I'm thinking of like subreddits, you know, these little, little, tiny little things that people could be very popular in these niche ones. And you might not know who they are because you're just not interested in that type of subculture. So it, it but it is a relatable. People are finding, hey, there's someone out there who is just like me. And like and, and it does give that personal connection with and it kind of ties into me. I'm, I'm a very introverted person. I once I get to know you, I will be very eccentric. But if I don't know you, I'm going to button up. So it's the, the Internet gives people this way. Like I could be extroverted from the comforts of my own home and not have to deal with a ton of other people around. Yeah. And I just went and did like I was doing a presentation recently and I went and looked up, you know, who are the top like current influencers. Right. And I would say out of the top 50, I knew two or three. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I was blown away because I'm decently connected, right? It's not like I'm completely off the grid, you know, when it comes to influencers and social. And I was like, I don't know who these people are. I mean, I knew some, right? You know, because they hit the news or, you know, uh, you know, like Logan Paul and some of these other people. But I was like, I don't know many of these other people. So it's definitely um, interesting. But but a question for you, because you've been working in video and you've, you know, really kind of been, um, you know, kind of a leading mind in this space. So so do you think like with all the different video options out there, you know, is YouTube really like the the cream of the crop, the place where everyone should be? Or is, is Vimeo, you know, Facebook videos like where do people really want to spend their time if they're involved in video today? I, I mean, the. I'm going to kind of answer it in more of like where everyone should start should be YouTube. Even if you want to test it out and eventually just branch it out to other channels, YouTube is the best place to start because they are the only video channel that's going to give you the option to have consistent free brand awareness with video. Because with YouTube ads, if you're doing the in-stream ads, the, the pre-roll ads, uh, j just the regular one, I know there's the bumper uh, six-second ones that you can't skip and there's some 15-second ones that you can't skip. So you're going to pay for those every time. But there's the the majority of the in-stream ads are you only pay for that ad if the user watches 30 seconds or if the video is under 30 seconds, they watch the whole thing. If you have a 30-second video and they watch 28, 29 seconds every single time and they skip it, you're never going to pay for it. And now you just have all this free brand awareness and you could still be targeting the right user who's eventually going to come back and search for your brand name, search for your products, go back to your website and convert. Facebook's not going to offer you free money like that. What other channel is going to offer you free video awareness? LinkedIn, yes, they have video. That's crazy expensive. So why not test it out on YouTube where you can possibly do it as insanely cost-effective and then use those ideas once you find the success to branch that out into other channels. Like what what is the cost on that in general? Like if you're going to, you know, I mean, I know that there's obviously different costs across the board, but people know that you can kind of get into AdSense, you know, and anywhere from like 50 cents to $3 on average for these things. And then it jumps up to five and 10 and 15. But like LinkedIn is significantly higher cost, right? Twitter's yeah. pretty high, but Facebook's pretty reasonable. But what do you what do you have to spend, you know, to kind of benefit from from marketing on YouTube? in general like i mean if, if you i mean with from an advertising perspective once your your view through rate is pretty good so there, there's like an unofficial quality score with youtube ads the longer you're keeping people engaged the more that they're watching their videos the more they're engaging your videos the lower you we typically see our cpvs now it's nothing official that you'll find the formula out there but it's just pretty much what we've seen um once we get decent you know view through rates you know people about 30 some percent of people watching 100 percent of your video ad we see cost per views down to a penny to around three cents for someone to watch your video. So, I mean, and, and that length could vary, obviously, but if you're paying just a few cents here and there to, to get in front of those users, uh, 
I mean, and that's on average. Obviously, if, if people skip them for a while, it's it's not in like actual view. But for the most part, if you're averaging out one to three cents per view, where else are you going to find that? Yeah, that's that it. sounds crazy cheap. Like, is that something that you know most people don't end up having like the great quality score and they end up paying more? And what's what's the more if they do end up paying more? I I mean, I, you could send your you could set up your maximum cost per view so you do have that control typically like a cpc on the keyword level um i mean we've seen it high just with the misunderstanding of how youtube works versus search because it's both run within the google ads platform and people try to structure their video campaigns like they would a search campaign and they're targeting their video campaigns with keywords but keywords for videos do not work exactly like search network at all so when, when we see people like not really knowing what they're doing i have seen people spend you know 50 to a dollar plus per video because they they have no idea what they're doing um but you know once you get your targeting right i've never really spent more than like 25 cents of you unless we're really trying to push maximum exposure i mean you can but you can get very specific and with the custom audience options that they have on youtube to me it's it's hard to spend a lot of money on a specific view on a certain view if you really know what you're doing because you have that control so with Reddit, which is an area I spend a ton of time with, right? You have to be really careful with using audiences or using a lot of those elements when it comes to ads because the subreddits themselves can have so many specific rules that where yeah. you, you might have 10 automotive and if you just go advertise to automotive as a whole, five of them might actually, you might be violating the rules in which case they're not going to receive the, the ad very, very well. How does that work on YouTube? I mean, is there an ability to go in and and really specifically um, target like a specific channel or is it more just audiences you uh, it's both so you can do audiences you can do customer lists you can do lookalikes you can do your remarketing um, you can you know, any, any remarketing audience that you can create within Google Analytics or Google Ads you can use on YouTube uh, I, I know I mentioned it's customer match as well so if you can segment your email lists I know I know collecting email addresses is becoming a lot tricky, especially for international clients, so that might not be an option for everyone. Um, from targeting specific videos and channels, you can also do that as well. You can also target specific uh, websites on the display network if, if they allow video ads. Now, the, the problem with this now is Google got rid of the display planner, and in the display planner, we used to see which channels and videos and which websites on the display network allowed video ad space, so we don't have that anymore. So we've been very careful of yes we found at a, at a recipe client or client that makes like a food product and it would be good to get on some baking you know videos or channels so we we're looking at like tasty and some of these other ones to try to get on there but they have video ad space but either we weren't being competitive enough or some of these channels just don't allow you to advertise on them that it looks like you could target them but if they don't have video ad space your ads will never show there so what google does and they don't tell you this in the fine print really is that if you're targeting a specific website and they don't have video ad space, they're going to ignore that targeting option completely and then go by whatever default, you know, second layers or second options that you have. So if you don't have any safety netting whatsoever besides just certain display targets or certain channel targets, they're going to ignore that and just pretty much show your ad everywhere. So you have to be very, very careful. And that's how 
A lot of people can waste money, and that's how a lot of people think YouTube advertising can be a waste is because they're not seeing the results or what they think they're targeting. Their ads aren't being shown on those specific placements at all. And that seems crazy to me. So if I want to go into a specific channel and make a custom you know, video ad just for that audience, and then for whatever reason that audience doesn't have – you know, that channel doesn't have ad space or they don't allow ads for whatever reason um, – I can't even imagine that you could put in an ad against a channel that doesn't allow it. I'm guessing it's just not visible. But let's say they don't have ad space. Um, that my whole budget could be burned on something, you know, an ad playing in completely different areas, and they don't. Do I still have to pay for that? Because I know if if you do yep. things in other channels, you don't. Can you can you argue it? Can you go back and say, look, you showed my ad in places I didn't want, and get a refund? Uh, good luck. <laughs> but it, I mean, I've I've seen it happen. Yeah, it's people were targeting specific placements. Uh, there was no ad space on those display placements, and then it was just going off of like the broad topic that you know the person had as their second layer. And topics and just basic affinity audiences within Google Ads itself are extremely broad. I mean, Google flat out says like an affinity audience is like a broad TV like demographic. And stuff I always say in every presentation is I ask the audience like, how many people have a Coca-Cola type budget and I think I've rarely seen a hand go up I was like exactly so do you really want to do a broad TV like audience no let's suck it in let's make it as specific as possible first then if you're not hitting your reach and frequency then start slowly expanding your reach well, what if you um, are using like retargeting does it does it still does it still go beyond that like I have 10 emails and I want to retarget to those 10 people and it's like, oh, can't do that anymore. I've already used it up. They're not active. Will it use your budget elsewhere or does it like limit it in that regard? Yeah, that one will be limited. So okay. on, on YouTube, if it's just like site visitors and you know those engagement type audiences that you can create, you have to have 100 active users every 30 days. Uh, customer match on Google has gotten very specific. They add in some additional rules. You have to be, one, you have to be good in standing with them. You have to have at least a thousand users and i think lifetime you have to spend at least 50 grand in google ads before you can even use customer match now so you have to have a good bigger database customer match is a lot harder from the youtube standpoint it's you know to get a thousand of people or i could just you know do a hundred from a site visit type audience with remarketing so does this does this kind of like spillover effect it, my, my one of my questions is going to be does it make sense for people to make very targeted advertisements on YouTube but it sounds like that might be not a great choice it might be better to kind of maybe pick demographics or pick different styles of ads but not to be super overly specific because that could backfire yeah it's yeah you yeah you might not have that limitation it's you could test it out with any sort of basic video first and just kind of see what type of audiences that you have. I mean, even in the audience manager within Google ads, once you create an audience, you can get, you know, the average weekly impressions or the, the average size of those audiences as well of once you build them. So even from a remarketing standpoint, you have some sort of idea. And even while you're building the campaigns, you get some sort of impression data, um, not as robust as it used to be, but you, you get an idea of if I go after this audience, here is what we could possibly expect from an impression standpoint. So you can do some of that data ahead of time before going back and creating your videos. So, so how do you recommend people? Let's say people are listening. They're like, crap, I want to go get in on this. That, that cost per view sounds amazing. You know, what are some of the starting steps for people looking to get into creating video ads? And, and, and not only just creating video ads, but also let's say they don't have any of this. Like, how are they going to create ads? And what are some of the basic steps to kind of get in and start working with YouTube ads? 
Yeah, I mean, depending on the size of your business, I obviously I I want like the nice looking TV commercial type creative. Um, but I mean, even a lot of small businesses or medium sized businesses that say, "Ah, oh, we don't have the ability to do it." I'm like, "No, now you do." Like, look in your pocket. That's your phone. There's a camera on there. It's pretty. It's pretty good camera that's on those things. It, it might not be the best option that you have, but if you just want to test something out for a hundred bucks just to see what kind of engagement that you have, if you're a small business, you have a camera most likely in your pocket. And then I use, I have a YouTube channel that my coworker and I do. We do PVC tip videos. We bought a program called Camtasia. It was like 200, 250 Mm -hmm. bucks lifetime. You might have to pay for some upgrades here and there, but it's lifetime. So we paid a couple hundred bucks for editing software. We have our own cameras that we bought, our webcams and everything. It, a couple hundred bucks and we have this software you don't need to have the full-blown you know fifty thousand dollar commercial shoot you don't have to do it you could seriously do this from your desk from your home and record something whether it's a customer testimonial video whether it's a, a easy demo um and and there's probably depending on what you want to showcase or what advertising formats you know there is the tv type one pre-roll the in-stream ones but then there's also the true view in-stream where if people are typing in something within youtube they're looking for a specific video. They're typing in a specific topic, you know, how to do something. You could be there top with a video and then you could change your video format and do more of the demo, the longer type video content. So depending on what your target audience is and who you want to reach, you can have the ability to make those videos that craft that users need and what their searches could be. That's really interesting because the first thing I think a lot of people are going to say is like, oh, I don't necessarily have something that's a commercial or I don't have a personality or something. But, you know, you're right. A lot of the videos that I do see for ads are, are sometimes just simply solving problems, right? So I think that mm-hmm. that does make great sense. So so now that, you you know, if you and, and Camtasia is one of those apps that I've heard everybody recommend. So I think it's pretty universally accepted as one of the kind of, you know, easy to use and also very strong and effective uh, software. Yep. I personally haven't used it, but I mean, when I started, you know, inquiring about it, that, that, that software came up a number of times. So it, it, w- once you have like some videos or you have some strategies, how would you go about determining like what kind of videos you'd want to do for you? Do you just do, you know, competitive research? Are there any tools or w- what kind of is the way to identify what kind of ad your business could benefit from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, there's two routes that we've gone. We've had clients would be like, well, what can we do with the videos that we have? So we kind of have to say, you know, your creative is going to dictate kind of who we can go after. We had e-commerce clients who had videos of certain products. So we'd be like, well, we should probably promote people who are interested in these products instead of using this as like a generic branding video. So, if, you know, if you if you have zero intent on getting any new creative, you're kind of stuck with what you got and then find the audience where that video would relate to. So you might be more in a box. Um, if you're looking to invest in different creative I would really focus on, you know, I always ask my clients, like, what is the goal of this video campaign? Who are you trying to reach? You know, what is the outcome? Do you want them to, you know, eventually get down to a conversion? Is it more brand lift? Is it you trying to reconnect with your current customers to just build current affinity? And that's going to dictate it, especially from uh, awareness versus guiding the user down the funnel aspect is, yes, we want our branding in our video all the time. We want to make sure that logo is visible so you do stay on top of mind. But someone who's already familiar with your brand is gonna, should be shown a different message than someone who's reaching or noticing your brand for the first time. So it's, it's figuring out the goals of what you want to do. It's really going to dictate what type of creative that you want. And then we'll go in and do our targeting audience research. We'll do our demographic data as well. 
uh, because I personally love to have someone within the video that pretty much matches the target audience that you want to have. People want to see themselves using their product. They want to have that emotional and psychological connection of, hey, I could see myself using this. And then that's going to help us help us dictate a good script that we could use and have good creative that's going to connect with users. So what would you look at for like length? I mean, this is going to come into the same place that is like, how long should your content be? Well, it should be as long as it needs to be so that it tells everything and it doesn't fluff, right? But like, is there, is that the same kind of effect when it comes to video or is there like some specific, you know, timing metrics that you really want to pay attention to? From a pre-roll one, I ideally like to have a 15, 30, 60 type count um and it's you know, with video it's different you, with if people could skip it you want to have your most important message at the beginning so it, it captures that user's attention one in case they skip it fine you still got that message out there and now you got that message out there for free um but if you know your most important message that you kind of rehook those users and keep keeping them engaged to the end that's also a benefit so it's kind of a, a flip the script where we're so used to slowly ramping them up and then hit them with that call to action at the end with video you got to flip it to try to keep that user watching and keep them engaged or at least get that message out there so i do like to have that variety because we've seen it work in all different ways i can't say a 30 second is going to be the best every single time um but the the difference with youtube with like other channels that offer video is that people go to youtube to watch video that's pretty much all you can do there you can get distracted on facebook really get distracted on reddit uh linkedin and everything there's so much other stuff you could do on those channels you go to video you go to youtube to watch video so people on youtube embrace longer video formats if the creative and the content that they're watching is entertaining and it keeps them engaged i talked about the discovery ones which you know you type in a search query it could be the top recommended video uh discovery ads could also show up if you're watching a video, it could be that the next recommended video could show up as an ad. Those are people, if, if that ties into what users are doing, we've run discovery ads. I had a discovery ad campaign where it's two people sitting in a chair. One was an interviewer. One was a celebrity. They're just talking to each other for over half an hour. We ran that as a discovery ad. We were targeting people who were interested in that celebrity and everything. And we had a good percentage of that people watching the entire 30-minute video. So it's a 30-minute ad. Yes, it's not a pre-roll ad, but we were, knew we were targeting the right user based on that celebrity interest, and we were getting that user to be engaged with our brand for over half an hour. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like um, you get a lot of full length. And, and um, I had, you know, in, in some of my research, you know, there had been a couple different amounts uh, as far as timing. It would say, like, you need to reconnect your user's interest, like, every 8 to 10 seconds in video. Like, there has to be something, like, the, the, the story has to progress. And that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of in the influencer marketing space, uh, you know, we watch the growth of, like, accounts organically, ones that where they're, they're, they're not really trying trying to grow and you notice that the ones that take the time to kind of edit out their ums, ahs, ums, all those kind of little things and really condense the video like transitions down tend to perform a lot better and so I think that you know um, definitely having some sort of interest I, I watch all the time and there's even ads that I absolutely know that I'm never going to buy this product right but I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to say next 
And and sure. so I do find myself watching a little bit further before I clip skip, uh, click skip. Um, but it's definitely some some angle of a hook there. And so, you know, would you consider like, would you say that people want to really write for the, that, those kind of continuations of flow of hooks? Or, you know, have you found that to be the case where you have to do it like every 10, 15, 20 seconds or so? Or do you really just need to get them started? From, from a yeah, from a pre-roll standpoint, uh, the clients that we've helped and consulted with the video creative up front, we we did look at more. There were a lot of quick scene and like jump cut type thing so like the scenery change it fairly quick again if you only have 15 seconds and you still have a, a decent message that you want to have it, it just kind of naturally flipped it wasn't like someone staring at the camera for 15 30 seconds talking we were trying to tell a story within those 15 30 second ads as much as we as much as we could um from a discovery standpoint the longer the longer content that was embraced it wasn't always like quick jump and always trying to grab your attention. Because again, if you, if you are targeting that right user and that targeting option is very specific and it's a topic that they're really interested in or from a, a demo standpoint of someone's going through you know, how to do something and it's a 20 minute video, it's, if it answers that user's question or what they were looking for, we've seen you know, what, what, we, what t- people would typically consider crummy quality video content still perform very well. It doesn't matter what the video call video quality was great it answered the question and it was accurate and it helped the user and that seemed to be the biggest case of are you providing the value that the user was searching for so we, we do see a little bit difference between the in-stream and the discovery standpoint um but in, in terms of like do you need the professional quality of it no we we have run videos that people have recorded on their phone or with a cheaper camera it doesn't look tv quality and they still perform just as well so what would you say if if you were going to, you know, we've talked about some of the positive things of how to, you know, to, to build a video, how to create it, how to, con, you know, consider what you're going to do a video about, like how you're going to do targeting, whether you're going to do this at all. But what are, if you had to list off some of your kind of like top three, like don't do this points, what would those be? Oh, man, that's, that's tough. It kind of depending on the industry. Um, and, and I would from a any sort of awareness factor you know if you're reaching out those new people i i would not assume that they know exactly what you're doing you know there has to be some element where you you do explain a little bit just when you're getting in front of those users now in any sort of ad creative standpoint that i would suggest i you know i i would say do not i'm using a double negative here do not exclude your branding from the video, you know, or okay. just leave leave it at the very end. That needs to be there up front. We already mentioned, like, if they do skip it, your most important message, whether it's the call to action or everything, but do not leave out your branding. That needs to be visible to me at all points within the video, especially if you want to really take advantage of potentially getting all those free impressions and free views. So do, one follow-on to that, you know, do you give a moment to do that at the beginning because I mean I don't know how many people are like gearing up or they're starting up and maybe missed the first second or two so do you do you want to kind of have your branding you know after those moments or is that just my use case and not the average use case are most people seeing it from the beginning yeah I mean most people are going to watch it a little bit from the beginning and even if they missed a couple seconds even just having your logo a little bit tiny in the corner or just at least visible where they could read it within the corner at all times while the video is playing it's going to be extremely helpful. At least it's it's visible 
on the screen that can at least capture that user's attention. So that, that's something that you know we've recommended and a lot of our clients have done in the past is just having some sort of brand component visible at all times within the video. Do you have, when, when you're doing, um, you know, there's pre-roll, um, what about like mid-roll? Is there, what's the major differences in the strategy of doing ads that are kind of in the middle of a video? As of right now on YouTube, uh, we can't target those separately. It, it's all kind of lumped into one. So do we know if we're going to be specifically oh, at the wow. beginning of our end of one? No, no, not offhand. So you'd, you'd roll with the punches on that one. Gotcha. Makes sense. So I have time for one more. And I, and I think this is a, an interesting topic that we always deal with with PPC in general. But how is the connection between paying for, you know, videos to have visibility, not necessarily pre-roll ads. And I don't know if this is something you've worked on, but like if you were going to do ads for a video to get more views or to, you know, um, have more success on YouTube, do you know um, how effective that is for like kicking in the organic side? Yeah, well, there's ways that we have tied it in. So there is, there are metrics within Google ads that you could add columns within your video views um, called the earned actions. So when you pay for a video ad, um, you pay for that view. If the user goes on to subscribe to your channel, if they liked any other video, if they watched any other video, if they added any of your videos to your playlist, um, actions like those, we could track those and see what future engagement the user has done and you don't pay for any of those earned actions anything else that user has done with your youtube channel if they subscribe or they visit your channel watch any other videos all those additional actions after the initial video view are free so what we can also do with those is we can create earned or we can create audiences from those earned actions so i can create an audience of everyone who's subscribed to my channel anyone who's watched my video anyone who's liked it anyone who's added my video to your playlist subscribed and then we could do next step remarketing tactics from those users and we know specifically they came from actions related to my videos. I can create audiences based off of people who watch my videos only as an ad and then remarket to those users. And since we know from that ad group, we know exactly who we're remarketing to. They watch my video as an ad. If they eventually go on to convert, whether through its you know, RLSA on search or through display remarketing, we know that original audience was from one of my videos. So we could kind of see that attribution a little bit, which is pretty tough to see within the Google Ads interface. Um, I mentioned adding audiences to the search perspective. We like to do that. Anyone who's watched my video as an ad, I'm going to widen that out to the longest, you know, 540 cookie pool that we could do within Google, add it as an observation or bid only audience to every single search campaign. So I can go back and see, okay, this person saw one of my video ads at some point. Yes, they eventually came back, interacted with my ads, and then we could see if those users came back and converted. And typically we see higher click the rates and higher conversion rates if they've interacted with a video at some point in the past. Um, now what these audiences do, it, it only shows the impact if they came back and interacted with Google ads. It, it doesn't show if they went to Bing ads or just Bing organic or Google organic. So we don't get that full attribution, but we get some sort of indication. So other stuff that we would like to do is look at some sort of Google trends. Uh, I had a client one time who we, we purposely tested that. We made a video for this brand. It was a brand, but the main topic was, it wasn't a made up word, but it was, it was a certain specific phrase that they wanted to test. And they were only using this phrase within a video ad. And then we would go out and we added keywords for it. And just to see if impression share for it, we watched Google Trends to see if people were looking for a brand plus this phrase. And we started to see it come. We were building that awareness. And it's like, then that kind of clicked the light bulb of like, well, it's making an impact on search because we were only using this phrase 
in this video ad. And now people are searching for it. Now we have keywords with actual uh, with actual volume that we could track because we knew it all came from this video. So that's some of the impact that we have is just monitoring those search trends and monitoring any sort of brand lift after we run those videos. Sounds like a, a lot of very, very hard work <laughs> and a lot of time and, and energy, which I'm, I'm sure people are going to think to themselves, man, I just really need to find somebody to do this and learn from, which uh, you happen to be uh, somebody that you know a lot of people can learn from. So I wanted to kind of round this out and ask, can you share with me all of the different places that people can find you? How can people find you, read your content, you know, connect with you and, and talk and learn more from you? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm probably the most active on Twitter. So my handle is Milwaukee PPC. Um, it's also my Instagram handle, but my Instagram is actually much, probably just all personal stuff. Um, it's pretty much going to be music and Star Wars and, and maybe me at conferences on my Instagram <laughs> channel. My LinkedIn handle at the end, it's LinkedIn slash IN slash Joe Martinez PPC. So that one's a little bit different. I share a lot of content there. And then my coworker, Michelle Morgan and I, we have a YouTube channel. It's Paid Media Pros on YouTube. We're probably once a week, and then we have another video that goes every other week. Uh, we just do our fun YouTube stuff, and we just release a different demo, and it's our own how-to videos, and just slowly growing that channel. So it's been a lot of fun, but those are pretty much the main places that you'll find me. Beautiful. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate the invite, Brent. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.